This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And unfortunately, we are here to talk about a Carolina Panthers loss. Panthers played <sighs> in Green Bay in the frozen tundra that absolutely lived up to its name today and lost 24-16 to despite a valiant fourth quarter effort from Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Allen. DJ Moore, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of guys stepped up on that in that last quarter. Unfortunately, just came up inches short. But we got to talk about it. Um, I got a lot of thoughts about this game, <laughs> and I really don't know how to feel right now. I, I don't know how to feel about this game yeah. either. I, first of all, Green Bay is a great team. They are, we knew that going team. into this game that they're actually an NFC. Super Bowl contender. They're they're not yeah. a pushover team, even though they right. lost last week. And we so are much so get... that, but both you and I picked for the first time the Panthers to lose this game. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and we knew we were going to get the best of Green Bay simply because of the loss last week. We knew they were pissed off and that they were going to try to take it out on us. Right. Good news is we hung in there. I mean, we hung in there, Kitty. Well, we were yeah, we were down twenty four ten going into the fourth quarter, and they really showed some moxie on offense and defense, really too. I mean, we're going to talk about the defense, but in the fourth quarter, you know, held them to zero points, mm-hmm. so that was a positive. But um, let's just kind of take a quick look at some of the stats here. Uh, Kyle Allen had his best yardage game as a starting NFL quarterback, 307 yards on 28 of 43 passing had a touchdown also through an interception in the end zone, a very costly one. Yeah. He um, should have thrown that. Sorry. Yeah. No, he, he had a, a bad fumble uh, earlier as well. Just a miscommunication on the snap, I guess it was cold out there. I, and I kind of like, if you would have asked me, to put money on whether or not Kyle was going to fumble this game, I would have said yes, <laughs> just because of how cold it was and the fact that he's got some fumbling problems. Yeah. Uh, so and this wasn't like where he has been fumbling either. Yeah. Usually yeah. he gets hit and fumbled the ball. He got hit a lot this game. He did. And he, it wasn't that type of fumble. It was just a bat, a snap, snafu. And then he's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He, he found a new way to fumble this week. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but overall, I think Kyle Allen played pretty well, considering, you know, the Green Bay Packers have a very good defense. Yeah. And he I, threw some he, he really nice balls. Well. He did. He did. He acquitted himself well. He threw some bad balls. He probably had three or four other passes that could have been intercepted. Um, not He didn't get helped out by his receivers on a couple of those. Um, I, I know... Joe Buck and Troy Aikman both pointed out a couple of times, or Curtis Samuel in particular, could have come back, worked back to the ball mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, DJ Moore did his best defender, you know, cornerback job a couple of times, knocking the ball out of a defender's hand on a uh, underthrown pass. But uh, overall, I thought Kyle played well given all the circumstances. <clears throat> I think it's probably the coldest game he's ever played in his career. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he was under duress a lot. This O line, we need to figure something out with this O line. Yeah, it was uh, Swiss cheese in the land of the cheese heads. Yeah, this offensive line, offensive line or defensive run stopping. I don't know what was worse today. I don't either. We we harp on the defensive, you know, the run stopping. Just I don't I don't even know a word for it. Ineptitude, I guess, of this yes. Panthers defense. 27 rushes for Green Bay, 163 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm out of words. Aaron Jones point. averaged 7.2 yards per carry and got three touchdowns. And he only they're ran 13 for, times. <laughs> he, they're, 
every team is running straight over us, and we can't stop it. I don't know what... uh, This has been the ongoing theme for, like, four weeks, five weeks, where it's like, all right, guys, you need to start shaping up. Because for a while, we were thinking this had potential to be a great defense, and it doesn't. It can't stop a run to save its its skin. This defense is... If they're not sacking the ball and they're not turning you over, it is a bad defense. Yes. It's a bad defense. You know, we thought that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, both running backs for Green Bay, who both had very good games. Uh, You mentioned Aaron Jones rushes. Jamal Williams, 13 carries for 63 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, also very good. Neither one of them had a catch. So that was not part of their game plan against us. But and I, that's I, been their game plan for right. most of the season. Exactly. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they went away from that, considering that usually works against us as well. Um, but they threw the ball 29 times. They rushed the ball 27 times. And I, I tweeted out during the game, it's really nice that Green Bay keeps throwing the ball and helping us out here because <laughs> we cannot stop the run at all. Ooh. I don't know why they wouldn't just run the ball every single time. Well, it was like last week. Der- they went away from Derrick Henry when they ran the ball in the second half to, fir- to start it off, but then they started passing again. Mm-hmm. It was like... These I teams mean, can't help themselves. No, it's like, we must pass. It's all, yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty good game. 17 of 29, 233 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he and Kyle Allen both had quarterback ratings of right around 84. So the stats say that Kyle had just as good a game as Aaron. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made some nice plays with his legs, extending plays, made a couple of nice throws, but he was beatable today. He was beatable. He was was beatable, and you said that he made some nice plays with his legs. It wasn't necessarily the legs. There was times where that offensive line literally just gave him eight, nine seconds back there before any of our guys could get to him. I don't know where our pass rush was. It was getting crazy, and I'm shocked he only went 17 of 29 on that. Well, a lot of that was the weather, right? Yeah. You know, it started snowing in the second half, uh, maybe even late second quarter. And by the end of the game, snow was starting to accumulate. It was so cold, you could see. I mean, Kyle Allen looked like Rudolph trying to lead Santa's sleigh out there. His (laughs) nose was so red. Um, But everybody was just freezing cold, and... I think that had a lot to do with you, you heard the announcers talking about the playing surface and how guys are just slipping and sliding around out mm-hmm. there. I don't know if uh, the Packers didn't have the correct cleats on or what, but it seemed like the Panthers were able to uh, withstand that a little better than mm-hmm. the Packers. And I think that might have been a factor in that comeback late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, there was one play in particular. I don't know if it was second or third down, but uh, DJ Moore did like a comeback and his his defender right. just kept running straight and sliding like yeah and that was a big play that yeah. was i think i think you're talking about that fourth down play um that had dj Moore not caught that ball game would have been over right there so yeah. now this game did come down to a final play christian mccaffrey run from about three yards out i guess he got stopped just inches from the goal line greg van roten did his best to pull mccaffrey into the end zone but just 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 came up short. I, I wish he would have just like extended his arms above his head. And that's this is the second time McCaffrey has been stopped on the inch yard line to win a game. Or at least tie it a game. Right. Again. And I and I thought about that too, what you're talking about is McCaffrey reaching for it, but I looked and there were there was a, a defender right there. If McCaffrey would have reached for it, that ball just would have got punched out. Unfortunately. I don't think he had an opportunity to reach. But I want to talk about the touchdown the previous drive. where McCaffrey did run it in for the touchdown. Mm -hmm. And Ron Rivera decides to go for two. Out of nowhere, for no reason. We're down 15 points. I'm sorry, we're down 14 points, 24-10. We score a touchdown. It's 24-16. We're down eight points. Mm -hmm. Ron says the analytics say at that point to go for two. But common sense says... If you miss that, then you're forced to go for two yeah. the next time. If you make it, okay, you're down, but you still have to score a touchdown. There's a to lot of analytics teams out there, too. And I've never seen any other analytics team go for two that time. They go for it after they score the second one. 
I, just yeah, if you a wanna, boneheaded play. It's like you're going for two to try to win the game. Mm-hmm. The, why are you doing it at that point? Yeah, you know, I don't because know. at that point, then you don't have the option to go for two to win the game if you miss it. So kick the field goal, be down a touchdown, and then, then if you decide to go for two to win the game, fine. I wouldn't really agree with that either. I would. But either. you know, at that point, okay, you know, you make it, you win the game. I, I just didn't understand that at all. I don't know what the analytics are thinking if that's actually what they say. I. Uh, uh... I think Ron Rivera is getting happy trigger. He feels, I feel that he feels that his seat is heating up, that it's do or die time like he's been on before, and he's pulled this riverboat out and it's happened. I think he's trying to do it again, but I don't think it's coming with success, and I don't think he's doing it at the right times either. That fourth and two uh, punt last week as well, Mm -hmm. it worked. But it could have really damaged the team. The fake butt you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one I understood more than this. <laughs> this one I don't understand at all. Yeah. That that one felt like the momentum was shifting in Tennessee's favor and you're doing this to keep momentum. Here we had the momentum. Mm-hmm. We had just scored. And at that point you make it a one-score game. You know, it was technically still a one-score game, but an eight-point lead feels, or an eight-point deficit feels way different than a seven-point deficit to me. And I know it's just one point, but it feels different. And Joey Sly already kicked a 55-yarder. And I think there was, how much time was it? I want to say, like, six, seven minutes at least. Like At that time, yeah. At that time, there was still, I think, uh, let's see. I'll tell you exactly how much time was left. Four, well, 423. Oh, okay. So, and then we ended up getting the ball back. They went five plays out and punted. Oh, I'm sorry, no. Ah, who knows? It was something about that. Because um, I was going to say, at that point, I mean, if you kick the extra point, you go down there, you may have a chance to get two more possessions that you could maybe score a touchdown and a field goal. Like, you never know. It just seemed really early and really, like, pulling the ripcord early. There was 11 minutes and 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter at that time. Oh, then definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There were almost 12 minutes left. We had two more scoring drives on that. Yeah, we had the ball two more times after that. Uh, We ended up punting it the first time, Mm -hmm. and then that last next possession was the end of the game there. By the way, that last drive, 18 plays for 88 yards. In two minutes and twenty five seconds, eighteen yeah. plays in that—that's got to be some sort of record. That many plays in that short of amount of time—that's that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any of them were like uh, spikes or anything either. No, they weren't spikes. There's a couple that that were like lobs, just trying to get the ball out because he was under duress, but nothing. Yeah. So, what do you think the problem was with the offensive line this week? It seemed worse than usual. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we're lucky that Kyle Allen only got sacked three times because there. I've never seen him be as slippery as he was. I don't know if he, like, bathed in, like, <laughs> grease before the game, like a greased-up pig, because there's guys, like, having hands on him, and he was just squirting out. And He did. He actually made a lot of uh, plays with his feet himself, just extending plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely was elusive in this game. I know Dennis Daly got hurt at some point in this game, and uh, Taylor Moten moved over to the left, and your boy Daryl Williams came in on the right, don't, right tackle. I don't, I don't claim him, but at <laughs> least that right tackle, he's halfway decent. Oh. I mean, my Paradis got called for a holding, and Kyle Allen got a sack on the same play where it looked like he uh Paradis just let his guy go, but instead he actually held him and like it was not even in a second before his guy was hitting Kyle Allen. It was so yeah. bad. Yeah, the the offensive line definitely looked like Swiss cheese this game. I do also want to talk about a technically not a Packers player that had a big impact on this game, but definitely seemed like they were with the Packers, the mm. referees. Yeah. Some of the calls against us was dreadful and 
highly questionable if you're one of those conspiracy nuts. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at this game, there were quite a few plays called against the Panthers that were just, uh, and, I don't know. And there were some no calls on the other side. One in particular yeah. I could think of that we had the running back, uh, Aaron Jones stopped. It was a third down in like two or three. Uh-huh. And we had him stopped. And then he came around to the outside. He swung it to the outside. Well, that tackle, I don't know who he had. I don't remember the number. He literally just held on to him, and our guy couldn't even turn around to make the tackle. And then, of course, Aaron Jones picked up like 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And then there was another play, for, um, talking about a missed call, where the Panthers actually got called for a holding, and Kyle Allen, one of his uh, one of the defenders, grabbed his face mask and just mm-hmm. jerked his head completely around. I don't know how you could miss it if you're looking. If you could see the hold, which happened right beside Kyle Allen, Mm-hmm. then you should have been able to see the face mask. Yeah. But that wasn't called either, and that would have at least been offsetting penalties. It would have saved us 10 yards. But, yeah, um, this was just a dreadfully called game by the yeah. Rams. Let, let's go ahead and talk about the big penalty that everybody's going to talk about right. in the Right. We haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> so, Gerald McCoy has Aaron Rodgers wrapped up, and Aaron Rodgers throws it to the ground. Like, not out of the pocket. I don't know where. I guess they claimed that it was a running back near him. But he just threw it to the ground. And McCoy fell on him. Tackled him. But he didn't fall flat on him. He rolled over so he didn't do it. And then they called it an unnecessary roughness. Horrible call. Now, this, this, is, was, this is third and 13. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Rodgers is into the end zone here at this point. And if you sack him... Great, it's a safety, but even if they don't get it, it's fourth and 13 at the seven. Mm-hmm. You're going to get great field position. Yeah. That, they, get that was a great stand by the defense. Yeah. And then right after that, Jimmy Graham caught a huge play. And, you know, they luckily we they didn't score on this, but this was just a horrible. Even Troy Aikman, the commentating crew, they were just reaming the refs on this. This was a horrible. Our guys had him touched while he had the ball taking him down. And it, then that's how we get a pit. I when I saw the flag, I thought it was intentional grounding. I thought it was going to be a safety for us. That's what I thought too. I, when I saw the flag, I was like, "All right, yes," you know, because it looked like he was still in the pocket mm-hmm. and he just kind of threw the ball at the ground. And I guess there was somebody close enough. Yeah, but there, it didn't. I, I could have sworn that was going to be uh, intentional grounding. Yeah, and it didn't go past the line of scrimmage either. Right. So that's why I assumed intentional grounding. I just. And then they called roughing the passer. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, obviously, replays showed that McCoy did not put his weight on Aaron Rodgers at all. And we and they were already in the process of taking him down. They had their hands on Mm -hmm. him when he had the ball. So it wasn't like a late hit. Right. Like, I just don't. That was that was um, now let's play it out. You know, at that point, it's fourth and 13. The Packers have to punt. Mm hmm. They're punting from deep in their own end zone. That ball's probably not getting past the 50. Mm-hmm. You know, even better, it's probably around the 40, 45. You're probably looking at at least a field goal there, yeah. which makes it 14, 13 at halftime. You're and it's abso- a whole different ball game. It's a whole different game. You're absolutely correct. I, I don't understand this one at all. It. And again, I'm not going to say that, you know, we should have won this game because we lost and they were able to run on us pretty easily. You know, it was a yeah, lot of think... missed opportunities in the words of Ron Rivera. <laughs> right. <coughs> but yeah, this that's was Ron's, a... That's Ron's go-to. Yeah. Missed opportunities. It was a missed opportunities and it was also helped out by the refs. Yeah, that... I wouldn't say we lost the game because of this play. No. But it was a huge play. And credit to the defense, the ultimate bend but don't break defense yeah. here. You know, they basically take it all the way down to the one yard line and they have several shots at it. We keep giving them shots at it. And Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers coach, decides to go with two seconds left, decides to go for a touchdown from the one instead of kicking a field goal which I'm sure the analytics probably say is the right call. Uh, I, I actually, think if it's, 
I, 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 if that was the Panther situation, I like that call. Here's my thought. Here would be my thought process on that. If I'm the Packers, I shouldn't even have the ball. I, it was kind of found money with that uh, bad call in the end zone, and anything that you get out of that is just a bonus. I probably would have kicked the field goal going up by a full touchdown, but, I mean, I understand going for it. See, you, you know, you're putting your foot on the throat. I understand that. And that, and I agree. I personally like it. I mean, if I was a Packers fan, I would have really liked it. They haven't been able to stop the run all game. You're on the one-yard line. You're going to say, put it, put them down 11. We get the ball back in the second half. If we go score, we're basically ending the game. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I look at it. I think... In that perspective, I like it. I, I think, you know, that was a good call. I mean, I could understand going kicking it, but it depends on how you want to play, I guess. Well, yeah. The analytics tell me that you should kick it there. That's what the analytics are telling me. What numbers are... What <laughs> analytics are you uh, pulling out your behind? You know, I'm just, I'm just pulling out some analytics. We should per- say... We should say that... Um, Gerald McCoy had a massive stop at the very end of that drive. So he's, he, you know, sort of the karm- karmically. No, no, no. Uh, well, I think Vernon Butler was in on it, but Gerald McCoy, I guess, got the got credit for the tackle there. Oh. Um, just uh, tackled, uh, I think it was Aaron Jones, a couple yards behind the line of scrimmage to stop them from scoring at all. So they didn't even get any points on that drive. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the few times we actually had a run that didn't positive like 10 yards. Right. Uh, they did unfortunately come out at the five play, 75 yards drive at the beginning of the second half to go up 21 10 anyway. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then right after that, Panthers drive down all the way down the field and Allen throws an interception in the end ah. zone. Just a bad pass. Bad decision. He had some room to scoot up in the, you know, run for three, four yards and slide and not take yeah. a hit. That bad decision. Bad decision. Um, he is still, you know, he's a young quarterback. He's going to learn from that. I've been hard on Allen, I think, but I was pretty surprised, pleasantly surprised by how he played in the second half of this game. Mm-hmm. You know, after that interception, particularly, you know, he drove us down, and got a touchdown right after that, um, the next series that he had the ball. And then that last drive to potentially tie the game, you know, he looked very sharp. He looked good. Yeah. So kudos right. to Kyle Allen. I I'm, I think you'd be a very, very good backup in this league. <laughs> yeah, again, he's going to learn from those mistakes. He's, he's not polished. He's, right. He was an undrafted guy last year on and off the practice squad. Uh, this is like his rookie season. So, yeah, yeah. He, he made the, some boneheaded mistakes. Another play, he was getting sacked, and he just lobbed it out. Instead of, like, taking the sack, he could have thrown an interception. Luckily, it fell harmlessly to the ground. Stuff like that he needs to clean up. Obviously, the fumbles. But he throws some really good balls. Very catchable, deep passes. Yeah. Yeah, Um and really, I do. I do think that fourth quarter was as good as you're going to ask for from any any quarterback. Yeah, I think he just played very well. Unless um, they're elite status, like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom even, Brady. Even still, I think that that fourth quarter, particularly, he made the throws that he needed to. He did have a couple of mistakes, some missed mm-hmm. throws, uh, maybe one that could have been picked. But uh, I I was a little confused, particularly on that last drive. But some of the play calling, you have three timeouts for mm-hmm. a lot of that drive. I don't think they ran the ball once. Mm-mm. And Christian McCaffrey. No, they ran it once. Sorry. I think that. Okay. I think they ran it the first play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then they ran it the last play of the drive. Yeah. There was, there was a time where we were like on the 13 yard line. It was a second down and mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I, it was a perfect time. To run a draw play. We had one timeout remaining. Yep. And I was like, you get McCaffrey up the middle because they've been blitzing on the outside trying to get to him. That I, I think that he had some space, and I wish we would have done it because we had that timeout in our pocket. 
But instead, it was another pass play. Lo and behold, Kyle Allen was under duress. He he ran out. He did a dump off to Olsen for like four yards. Then we had to waste the timeout. And I was like, we might as well have ran it there and given our best player a shot in the open field against the guys. I agree. I, I And that was probably around the time I was thinking the same thing, you know, and even maybe a little bit before that, I was just thinking to myself, you know, they're playing pass defense here. Why not run the ball? Why not give it to your best player, like you mm-hmm. said, and let him see if he can make something happen at least once. They didn't oh, and even, we throw, they didn't the even throw the ball. We could spike the ball yeah. uh, or call a timeout. I right. mean, maybe not on that second down, but before that, I agree. I don't know why we did. We didn't even have a try it once or twice. Like, yeah, ugh. yeah. Um, as close as this game was, I do think the two turnovers, mm-hmm. you know, probably were why we lost the game. Um, two turnovers for us, no turnovers for them. Again, this defense is at its best when it's turning the ball over, and we just weren't able to do that today. Uh, but all the rest of the stats were kind of in our favor. Um, possession yeah. was a little bit in their favor, but we had more total yards. We had more first downs. You know, we we were making good plays. Unfortunately, those two turnovers really did cost us. So, yeah. uh, if you lose a turnover batter, most times you're going to lose the game, and that's yeah. what happened here. Uh, they played a good, good game. Again, I'm not discrediting them. I'm saying. You know, right, we should right. have easily won or we won. No, no, of course not. They're a very good team. Yeah. Very good team. Um, but we had we... a shot and we didn't didn't take it. We didn't. let him off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> As Dennis Green would say. <laughs> um, I believe the, the temperature at the start of the game was about 33 degrees. Mm. So that's a that's a beer bet victory for Steven. Um. But it was cold, <laughs> and you could tell everybody there was just freezing. Uh, I've never seen Ron Rivera look so cold in my life. He was all bundled up with his hood on and everything. He just looked freezing cold. But uh, you want to get to some heroes and zeros? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go to the, some heroes and zeros. Uh, give me one second. We actually have a special hero and zero. We had a write-in from our Meow Mix mailbag. It is from Brandon. Um, refs should be considered for zero, so we're just going to say Brandon choose refs for zero. I agree. Uh, I agree, too. <laughs> or hero and, if you're a Packers fan. Yeah. And Greg Olson for hero. He had a good game, some great catches, and good blocks. Greg should at least be considered for a hero. And so we're giving him that hero for the mailbag. I was considering him as a hero myself. Um he he's been kind of overlooked the last several games, mm-hmm. and he really stepped up this game. I I was very impressed with Greg Olson this game. Yeah, Kyle Allen really kept trying to find him. Really yeah. used him as a security blanket. So now I'm gonna go to my here, or I'll go with my zero first. No, no, okay. No. I will go with my hero. That's, that's first. not how we do things around here. I will go with my hero first. <laughs> I am going DJ Moore. The past okay. two games, he's been really good. Uh, really showing he should be a number one receiver. Made some really good key catches on that last drive. Nine reception, 120 yards, uh, back-to-back 100-yard games. I agree. And um, that's actually where I was going to. DJ Moore, I think. Uh, it worked, you know, This is the Christian McCaffrey hero of the game. <laughs> award. We, should just, we should just say that yes. uh, because otherwise he would be my hero. But um, considering he's always great, uh, I, yeah, I think DJ Moore had a great game, and he has really stepped up the last couple of games. His second hundred-yard receiving game in a row, and since uh, he's since getting called out by Steve Smith a little bit, he has played very well. So, kudos to DJ Moore, especially on that last drive, really stepped up. Okay, and you want to go with your zero? Sure, my zero is going to be Eric Reed in this game. I watched Eric Reed <clears throat> just look totally lost out there for most of the game. I have no idea what the PFF grades are going to be or anything like that, but just from the eye test, he he wasn't making it happen today. He let several plays just develop right beside where he was, 
one particular attempted tackle he tried to make where he basically looked like he didn't have any arms. He went straight at it with his head and shoulder, tried to knock the guy down. He just rolled over and went right past him, got another five yards in the first down. And then the next, very next play, Eric Reed, I believe it was the next play, um, might have been a couple plays later when they went in for a touchdown, one of Aaron Jones' three touchdowns. Eric Reed just watched him go right beside, right by him. Didn't even hmm. attempt to tackle him. So Eric Reed is my zero for this game. And you bring up the point that I meant to bring up before. I don't know why our secondary doesn't know how to fundamentally tackle. Him and Dante Jackson always try to lunge with their shoulder and head instead of using their arms to wrap up and tackle. I will give I will give Jackson a little credit this game. I saw him make some very good tackles this game. Um, and he had I, a couple I of can really, think really of one nice where pass he completely defenses. missed on it. That's why well, I was thinking him too. And I wouldn't it wouldn't put it past him at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Reed. And then I also want to give a special shout out to I believe it was Cockrell. It was somebody on that Jimmy Graham long pass play mm-hmm. um, off the off the uh, bad call that we were talking about earlier. Jimmy Graham caught the ball, and then Eric Reed was the first guy there to try to tackle him. And instead of tackling him, he did some sort of little pirouette, and it looked like he might have been trying to get the ball out. <laughs> but Jimmy Graham just went 20 more yards down the field with Eric Reed just mm-hmm. kind of poking at him, trying to tickle him. I don't know what he was trying to do, but eventually they got him to the ground. But there was like three Panthers out there, and they were just kind of playing with him. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing. All right, my zero. I'm going to get a hate mail for this. I'm picking Luke Keekley. He only had four tackles. You are a bold man. One solo. And this is why I'm really picking him. I know we're harping on the coaches for not being able to figure out this run defense. Luke Keekley is the coach on the field, and he's been lauded, bestowed great praise for his ability to call plays out on the field and get guys in the right position he hasn't been he's not getting them in the right position to stuff the run i mean again it's luke keekley he still does his part but he hasn't really been that big of a play this game he i didn't really hear his name that often and he wasn't getting the guys in the position to you know make plays like he normally does I don't think I could agree with you on him being a zero. I will say that he was certainly less. Zero is a loose term. I'm not saying that he was less really a zero, but I mean, he might've been less active this game for sure. Uh, Not a zero. I I can't, I can't, I cannot co-sign all. All hate mail must go to uh, meow mix mailbag at gmail.com to Jerry. (laughs) And again, I'm saying mostly because our run defense is so bad. Why is he not being able to get the guys in position to stop the run? I don't. I don't know enough about because that position he's the one to who's know doing if, the audibles out there. Yeah, but I don't know if he's. I don't think you can blame this lack of run defense on Luke Keekley. No, it's not so. Uh, it's not on him. Him, but yeah, I, I'm just. I, I'm. He should have. Ah, I'm just frustrated. And that's where I'm going with it. Brian Burns won tackle this game. I, I didn't even see him out there yeah, again. I, I don't know what their deal is with not playing him. I don't get it either. I see Bruce Irvin out there all the time, but I don't see Brian Burns. Yeah, I and don't know. this would have been a good game to get him out there to chase Aaron Rodgers and rattle him a little bit. You would think so. Um, only two sacks this game. No mm-hmm. turnovers, like I said, so... I don't know. Um, all that being said, I liked the fight that I saw in this game um, from the Panthers, really on both sides of the ball, particularly there in the fourth quarter. Um, and I still think we have an opportunity, you know, even though this drops us to five and four, it's going to be an uphill battle to make it to the playoffs. This loss. Obviously, a win would have made me way more confident. But this loss, I feel better about the team after this game than I did coming into it. I'll say that. Well, you were on the edge after Cam Newton went to IR where you almost cried. 
Right. Which there wasn't much lower for me to go. <laughs> yeah. Which we do need to uh, uh, actually bring up. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more on Thursday. But Ian Rappaport supposedly wrote that it is expected that the Panthers will trade Cam Newton in the offseason. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I saw another report saying that Cam is now considering having surgery on his ankle mm-hmm. or on his foot. So, you know. Maybe now that he's on on IR, he's like, well, let's just make sure that it gets fixed. But I don't know how that would affect his trade value one way or the other. I have no idea. But uh, I don't either. I think it's a little early to be talking about trading Cam. I think I, that 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 conversation needs to happen, you know, in March. Oh <laughs> well, I'm I'm just saying, Ian Rappaport, he's pretty solid on his reporting too. <clears throat> let's let's be yeah. honest. I didn't see that, so that's yeah. that's news to me. But um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, okay, so that was Heroes and Zeros. Any final thoughts on this game before we move on to the rest of Week 10? It, w- it wasn't a horrible game. There was just missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. All right, Ron. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the battle for the NFC South and the rest of Week 10. Did you know that a man once jumped into a bulletproof window so much that he busted it out of the frame and fell to his death? I do. Hey, I'm Nicholas Howe, and I made an improvised comedy storytelling podcast about this death and many others. Using a multiverse of memes as the catalyst, I explore the various ways people have died. I also have special guests on and freak them out about how dangerous the world is. Did you know lakes can explode? You do now. Listen to the How Will I Die podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at H-W-I-D-I-E-P-O-D. And we are back. It's time to look at the battle for the NFC South crown. Two games to talk about this week because there was an interdivision matchup. And we'll start there. Jerry, take it away. Well, the top-seeded New Orleans Saints took on the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, the poor 1-7 Atlanta Falcons. But don't tell them that because they destroyed New Orleans 26-9 today. They This game was a dominant performance by the Atlanta Falcons. They really just punched them in the mouth and kept going. Uh, Drew Brees had led all passing with 287 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, they couldn't get the ball going on rushing either. They only rushed for 52 total yards on the ground. Meanwhile, Atlanta rushed for 143 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas had 152 yards receiving on 13 receptions, while Julio Jones had three receptions, 79 yards. That improves the Atlanta Falcons to 2-7, and seven. While New Orleans Saints fell to 7-2, and two, it's unfortunately that we couldn't capitalize on this loss. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, yeah. The other game in the NFC South, the Arizona Cardinals visited the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers actually pulled out this victory 30-27. to 27. Uh, This was a pretty entertaining back-and-forth game. Uh, Kyler Murray had a nice game for the Cardinals, 27-44, 324 yards and three touchdowns. Also had an interception, his first in quite a while. Um, Jameis Winston had a really good game. uh, Well, Jameis Winston had a good game. 30 30 of 48, one touchdown, did have two interceptions. A Jameis Winston game. A very Jameis Winston-like game. Um, This was a very passing-heavy game. The uh, both teams, neither team had a hundred yard rusher. And in fact, the leading rushers for each team, Peyton Barber for the Bucks had 43 yards. Kyler Murray for the Cardinals had 38 yards. So a very uh, pass heavy game. Christian Kirk led all receivers, six receptions, 138 yards and three touchdowns. And a special shout out to Andy Lee, former Carolina Panthers punter, who had a completion uh, pass completion in this game, one for 26 yards on a fake punt. So congratulations, Andy. Uh, that drops the Cardinals to three, six, and one, and the Bucks go to three and six. Mm-hmm. Kind of glad the Bucks won that game. I don't want the Bucks to get a top five, you know, pick. Maybe pick Joe Burrow or Tua. Or the... I think I have a feeling that those guys are going to be one and two. I don't think Tampa's bad enough to get quite that high up in the draft but uh who 
both of those quarterbacks that you were talking about. I think they're going to oh, go one, oh, okay. one, one yeah, and two. That's yeah. a golf Wentz situation. Or a Winston Mariota situation. <laughs> Speaking of Winston. Yeah. Um, all right. So what are we looking at in the NFC South standing wise? We are sitting with New Orleans at seven and two, Carolina at five and four, uh, the Bucks at three and six, and then the Falcons are at two and seven. All right. So even though we lost this week, technically we didn't lose ground on New Orleans. How do you feel about New Orleans now? Does this change? I mean, they don't feel unbeatable anymore. They should have anymore, quarterback controversy, right? and Teddy Bridgewater needs to start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Drew Brees is 0-1 since his comeback, and Teddy Bridgewater won all of them. I, as a Panther fan, I'm just being honest with them. They need to put Bridgewater in over Brees. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> kind of feel like they were rolling with Bridgewater. <laughs> we saw Breeze kind of falter down the stretch last year. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that makes them better or worse. But uh, either way, that is the battle for the NFC South crown. Panthers still in it. Um, and everybody else won this week. So yeah. everybody kind of gained some ground on New Orleans except us. All right. Let's look at the rest of week 10. Okay. Uh, let's start off with the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears won twenty to thirteen in a you know back and forth game. Uh, Matt Stafford was out this game, and Jeff Driscoll actually played pretty well. Had two hundred and sixty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, David Montgomery led all rushing with seventeen carries and sixty yards, and Allen Robinson had eighty six yards on six receptions. The Lions fall to three, five, and one, while the Bears improve to four and five. Still hanging in for that playoff spot. And Trubisky had a pretty good game today, so good job, Trubisky. Uh, moving on, the Baltimore Ravens visited the Cincinnati Bengals, and this game ended exactly how you would predict it would: forty-nine to thirteen, Baltimore victory. Lamar Jackson just looked, and he's really put himself in that MVP discussion. Mm -hmm. 15 of 17 passing for 223 yards and three touchdowns, seven carries, 65 yards, and one touchdown, and a 47-yard touchdown run that's probably going to be up there with the best of Michael Vick's touchdown runs. Yeah. Just incredible run. Incredible. Yeah, they are scary. Uh, I know Ryan Lindley had his first start, and Ryan Finley. It, Ryan Finley. 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 Sorry. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> and basically, they got nothing for the longest time. I don't even know when they scored any points. It was already over by that time. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Finley had an okay game. Sixteen for thirty, one hundred sixty-seven yards, a touchdown, an interception. Um, leading rusher in this game was Joe Mixon for the Bengals. Thirty carries for one hundred fourteen yards. And Marquise Brown led all receivers four receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Baltimore moves to 7-2, and two, and Cincinnati falls to 0-9, now firmly in charge of that number one pick. Moving on, the Cleveland Browns defeated the Buffalo Bills 19-16. This game was very close, and it came down to, I believe, a missed field goal by Buffalo to tie it up. Uh, Josh Allen left led all passing with 266 yards. Nick Chubb had 116 rushing yards, and Jarvis Landry had nine receptions, 97 yards, and one touchdown. The paper champs, Cleveland Browns, have improved to 3-6, and six, while the Bills fall to 6-3, and three, still in that wild-card hunt. One note on that game, Kareem Hunt made his season debut. And actually had a pretty decent day. He had four carries for 30 yards and seven receptions for 44 yards. So obviously don't feel great about the person Kareem Hunt, but the player, he seems like he's still pretty explosive. Yeah, Chubb and Hunt are going to be a good one too. And it's I'm afraid that they're going to start rolling with them. Yeah, we'll see if they're too far back to really do anything. But uh, moving on, the Kansas City Chiefs got Patrick Mahomes back today and they visited the Tennessee Titans Came up a little short, though. The Titans win this game 35-32. Uh, 
Patrick Mahomes did have an excellent Patrick Mahomes-like game. 36 of 50, 446 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill got 157 of those yards and one touchdown. Derrick Henry for Tennessee balled out. 23 carries, 188 yards and two touchdowns. This game came down to a missed field goal by Harrison Butker. Actually, a blocked field goal by Harrison Butker. And the uh, Tennessee Titans moved to 5-5. Five and five. Kansas City Chiefs fall to 6-4, and four, a little surprising for them. Yeah, how do you feel about the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you feel like they actually have a chance in the AFC to win it? Or Some, do you think something's off about them? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I mean, it's the lack of Kareem Hunt. I You just mentioned him. I mean, they ended up benching LaShawn McCoy in this game. And Arian said it was just to rest him. So hmm. I, I don't know. That was a little strange to me. <coughs> a little strange to me, but... Um, yeah, they don't seem nearly as prolific as they did earlier in the season or last year. Yeah, yeah. Even though, I mean, Mahomes still putting up those video game-like numbers. But, uh, yeah, something's, something's off about them, for sure. Yep, and now we're going to move on to the battle for New York as the Giants face the Jets. And the Jets won 34-27. Uh, Daniel Jones led all passing with 308 yards for a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell earning his contract with 18 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. That was sarcasm. And (laughs) Darius Slayton led all receivers with 10 receptions, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. If you watch this game, I am sorry that these teams are... I mean, I guess they can look forward to their quarterbacks as both quarterbacks played well, but that had to be a rough game to watch. Yeah, well, you know, congratulations, Jets, I guess. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Miami Dolphins visited the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of people probably put money on the Colts in this game, but they shouldn't have because the Dolphins come up victorious 16-12. to A very kind of odd score. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Dolphins were actually up 10 to nothing at halftime in this game, and the Colts got a little bit of momentum there in the second half. Just wasn't enough. Uh, again, the Colts were without Jacoby Brissett in this game. Brian Hoyer started and played not great for them. 18 for 39, 204 yards and a touchdown. Marlon Mack led all rushers, 19 carries for 74 yards. And Devontae Parker led all receivers, five receptions, 69 yards. The Dolphins, I don't know that they know how to tank. Yeah. Because now you they're 2-7. Wonder- at this point, you got to wonder if the fans are upset at winning because, you know, I you think put I'd be your, if I was them because you put your eggs in. OK, we're tanking. We're going to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, whoever we like, whether mm-hmm. Tua, Burrow or the Oregon quarterback. And now two wins in a row. Yeah, they're in danger. I mean, fire that coach. Uh, he yeah. obviously knows too much about what he's doing. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, they moved to two and seven. The Colts fall to five and four. The Colts are in, in some dangerous territory here. So hopefully Brissett gets back quickly for them because without him, it seems like they're not going to go anywhere. No, it, you're absolutely correct. You have the Bills in the wild card, and then, you know, they're going to be fighting for that last wild card. And it's going to yeah. be tough. And there's a, a team in this next game we're going to talk about that's uh, knocking on the door right now, too. They're waking up. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Los Angeles Rams 17-12. to That defense is for real. They are continuing to score. They are, con- yeah, defense continuing to score. Yeah. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, that was such a great trade by Pittsburgh. Uh, Second-year player, he looks like he's going to be a pro bowler now. I remember at the time, you and I were like, why are they trading for him? Yeah. And, you know, they're potentially giving up a first round or, you know, a top five pick as bad as they were at the time with mm-hmm. Roethlisberger gone. I mean, we both thought that was a terrible trade. Turns out that might have saved their season. <laughs> yeah, because they're not doing it with offense. Yeah. They scored 17 points, and I think seven of those were from defense. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jared Goff led all passing with... 243 yards and two interceptions. Todd Gurley ran for 73 yards on 12 carries. And Robert Woods had seven receptions in 95 yards. Cooper Cup had no receptions this game. Kind of surprising. Uh, Obviously, they keyed on him, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, this that Rams team's not very good without Brandon Cooks. I think they need that full receiving core there to really let Goff have some time. I don't know, man. I don't know about I don't the Rams. Either. But the Steelers improved to 5-4 and four and now are in that hunt for that wild card while Rams fall to 5-4 and four and are with the Panthers in that wild card hunt. All right. Um, uh, go ahead. Do you have anything else? Well, I was just going to look at the uh, playoff standings real quick. Okay. So there is a game going on right now. The Vikings are playing the Cowboys. And that game certainly has playoff implications because right now the Vikings are sitting in that sixth spot at six and three. Panthers tied with the Rams and the Eagles at five and four. So the Panthers still right in the middle of it. Only a game out of the playoffs right now, depending on what happens in this game. I think it's tied. Uh, actually, the Vikings are up 14 7 right now. But um, yeah, Vikings win, and that puts us two games back. We really needed this game. Yeah, <laughs> we really did. What's a say? Still, still a lot of still a lot of time left. And we get to play left. the Saints twice. I mean, we still control <laughs> our own destiny. That's true. I, Technically, I, in the division, we still control our own destiny. That's true. I mean, that's what you have to look at. You can't you can't say, oh, only the wild card. We have to look at our division. Like, hey, we still have a chance at this. That's true. That's true. I'm just assuming, I guess, that the Saints are gonna win the division but they might they might not you're right they showed some cheeks in the armor today and they did a little bit yep and that they lost to a falcons team that has looked bad all season now we play them next week i hope they didn't find their stride this week and you know come here and beat us but yeah the falcons did they they made some coaching changes over their um last i guess they had a bye week last week i think um, but they made some coaching changes. Yeah, they had they made some coaching changes and shuffled some people around. I don't know if that's what happened or if the Saints just had a bad game. There's really no telling. But yeah, yeah we'll talk about the Falcons a little more in uh, Thursday's episode. Yep. Well, do you have anything else today? No. Um, again, I, I don't. I'm not super devastated by this loss. Maybe because I was devastated coming in and um as far as losses go i feel like this was a morale building one for me so looking forward to next week getting the taste of this defeat out of our mouths and moving up in the standings yeah we lost to a good team at at their place in their weather so agree we had a chance that's what's really tough about the loss but yeah yeah, anytime you lose at the last second, it's it's devastating. But um, I kind of already thought we lost this game several times before we even got to that point. So mm-hmm. maybe not quite as devastating as it could have been. Well, we for, for th- me personally. <laughs> well, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please let your know your friends know about our show. We are trying to grow and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read your comment on the show. Or you can just email us at meowmixmailbag at gmail.com and we do have another Apple review to read on our Thursday episode. That's right. But keep them coming. Alright. Alright everybody. Um, keep your heads up until Thursday. Keep pounding. I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. Then everyone will be in love with me.